Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. Dan, 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 clear of the closing doors, please. Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in to SST. I have a podcast app, Spotify, and on YouTube here today to talk about some baseball stuff. Some exciting because the Yankees start their series. Some not so exciting because the trumpets have been quieted and the Mets' playoff hopes have been erased. So joined with me today is Alec Argento. And before we get into something that's going to make me annoyed, let's talk about some mutual ground between you and I and the 4-1 New York Giants. Holy hell, I've been a skeptic. I've been, I still am a skeptic, I might say. But they're 4-1, and and they've showed me something in each of these wins that I haven't always seen, or very, very infrequently seen over the past couple years. So Alec, 4-1, New York Giants, give me a minute or something. Yeah, I mean, it was the best Sunday ever for me yesterday for a lot of reasons in terms of sports. Uh, I woke up at 9 o'clock in the morning to watch the the game. Uh, I know a lot of you guys wake up a little later, but it was awesome. I expected them to get shit pumped. I did say, and Pete can attest to this, I said that line was funky from the beginning. I said eight eight, eight point line, I think it was nine and a half on Sunday morning or something like that. That's funky. London games are always wacky. It's neutral uh, neutral field, uh, but down what were they down like 10 to 3 and then 17 to 3 pretty quickly yeah so uh i mean you know i expected them to get to get beat but that team had fighting them and what you see every game so far this year halftime adjustments crazy halftime adjustments halftime adjustments to the point where you shut out uh aaron Rodgers uh for an entire half after he was torching you the, the 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 half before uh you have confidence all around this team Daniel Jones is showing you exactly what you would want someone in Daniel Jones' position to do, which is, you know, push the ball forward, make good plays, leave it in the receiver's hands. And then Dable's doing exactly that to Jones and the rest of the team, which is putting the ball in their hands, letting them make good decisions, scheming well, because that personnel is garbage. And whatever happens for the rest of this year, because listen, I, you know, in fairness, I've said that they weren't going to win a bunch of games and every week I have to change my story, but they're not a Super Bowl team. They're not a playoff team. They might make it to the playoffs, but this record just by virtue of how easy their schedule is and them being four and one everything, but they're not going anywhere this year. That being said, they had the second worst cap going into the year this year and they cleaned it up for next year. So you can spend all of your draft capital and all that free agent dollars that you have now fixing that interior O-line, which has been a sieve. Uh, fixing your wide receiver core uh, and uh, putting some money into your defensive backs next year. And then you now have the ability, if you want to, to sign Daniel Jones to a reasonable contract, which not many teams can say about their starting quarterback, lock them up for like 12 to $16 million a year and spend that money wherever else you want to spend it, which is actually a really good opportunity. And I listen, it's still early on in the season, but if you, if you see what progression like you've seen out of Daniel Jones week after week after week so far this season, that's someone you got to lock up for next for the next couple of years at a reasonable price. They also do have the luxury of the franchise tag, right? So even if they don't, you don't want to do that. You don't. You might. You might want to work out. You don't want, yeah, but but how much money would you would you lock up like thirty five million dollars or something like that in a franchise tag? I guess it would be the average value of the top fifteen. Maybe it'd be in the mid twenties. You're right. It might be a little higher than you want. 
Um, but still, still an option for the year to year basis. Still an option. I'd rather franchise tag Saquon. Ooh, there you go. Well, I don't know if Saquon would like that very much, but I guess it doesn't really matter because that's them's, them's the rules. It is the breaks, baby. Um, the one thing that we, we texted about during the game yesterday, this is the first time we can say in the last handful of years that it's just a lack of talent that's holding this team back and not the lack of talent and coaching or decent. And not even being held back. They're not even being held back. They're four and one. Well, that's a good point. But I mean, like holding back from, from true yeah, contender aspirations, sure. right? Like in, in years past, it's either been the coaching and the lack of talent, or it's been talent with bad coaching. This year, we actually trust Brian Dable. We trust the coaching staff. We trust the offense uh, taking matters into the play caller's hand a little bit, which I love rather than, you know, putting Daniel Jones out there to die with the bad O-line, even though the O-line's a little bit better. You know, you're creating opportunities for him and other players to do something special rather than just hoping for something to happen. That, how, how often over the last uh, 10 years have we seen a third and eight have a four-yard out route and, you know, maybe they'll break one, maybe they won't, right? Now it's like, oh, we have a strategy to gain the certain amount of yards to score in the red zone. And if we have to pull out all the stops and put our quarterback, you know, in harm's way a little bit, we have to do so because it's going to help us score points. And one of his best weapons is, is his athleticism. And they're actually forcing him to use it the right way. So all good things. Obviously, it's important to keep the expectations weathered just a little bit because, you know, other than the Packers, none of the other wins are that impressive. The Titans win is pretty good because the Titans are a solid franchise. Uh, but there's still a lot to be done here. Whole lot of season left. But there's a lot of reason now to tune in every Sunday with anticipation. And Daniel Jones statistically didn't play his best game of his career, but it felt like one of his best games in his career this past Sunday in London. So a lot of things to be happy about. In Giants I just world. want to say one thing. No win on the road in the NFL is a bad win. Every win on the road is a good win. So, you know what you, you don't, you, you want to say that the Titans aren't as good as they were last year. Fine. You still went into Tennessee and won that game and you yep. still shut down Derrick Henry and whatever else you needed to do to win that game. So yep. that's my, that's all I'll say there. 100 no no it, that's why i meant like that's one of the better wins the bears and the panthers don't feel like anything special right now and, and moving forward you know they have a couple tougher tougher ones here and there but a lot of winnable games as well so it should be exciting and uh my under pick on the giants looks like it'll get smashed it looks like it'll get smashed <laughs> up. that's that's okay with me i'm happy to be upset about that but before we move on to talk about the mets and yankees we have to talk about our friends over at DraftKings sportsbook because nfl action is in full swing and DraftKings sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the nfl we're talking touchdowns big plays and even bigger wins and new customers new customers that's right can bet just five dollars on any nfl team to win and get two hundred dollars in free bets if they do and check this out Everyone's saying new customers, new customers, new customers. Well, this time, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. And if you look forward to Thursday Night Football, you got the Bears and Commanders. It's kind of an ugly game. The over-under is only at 38 right now. Well, this might be the perfect opportunity to throw the same-game parlay a chance here, right? Because you don't have to love a side in this ugly game, this ugly matchup. You might like Curtis Samuel receiving props. Maybe De'Ami Brown had a breakout game, and he's going to recoup that again. Carson Wentz has been chucking it around. He might throw an interception. Maybe you can get that in there as well. And the Bears, the run game is where it's at if you can attack some of those props. So you can get that same-game parlay going. And best part is you can get stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPM to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN, 
Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Moving on, Alec Argento. <laughs> Talk about the New York Mets. What a ending. What a poor way Embarrassment. to Embarrassment. You'll have your turn in a second. <laughs> what a poor way to end a season that was so fun and exciting for so long, right? To just give a quick preface before you can go in on whatever you want to say. So many years you look at a baseball season and there's true like major ebbs, major flows, you know, ups and downs the whole nine. We get that. That's baseball, Susan. This year with the Mets was a consistent year of success. Was there one point in time that I felt even more confident than others? Perhaps the peak of the trumpets was pretty good when the offense was doing pretty good and he was just shutting people down, striking out two guys every inning. Insanity, right? That was the peak. But other than that, there wasn't a lot of valleys and this team has been good the whole time. However, there's been an underlying offensive issue with this team the entire time. And it bared its ugly head when they couldn't hit against the Padres and lost in embarrassing fashion against the Braves before the playoffs even started. So Alec Argento, I asked you the question here. Was this season truly a failure and collapse for the New York Mets? Or was there enough to see out of this team and franchise to feel confidence moving forward? Okay, so uh, I'm going to try to contain my excitement here. First of all, you and Drew owe me an apology because what I said in the last pod, I was belittled for saying they had no shot at winning. Uh, totally validated in that. Um, you also said they were going to beat the Padres, by the way. Sure, but I said they had no shot at, at, at winning the World Series. And it, it came earlier than I expected, but let's not pick apart what I said there because I, the, the overarching theme was absolutely correct. Is this a failure? It is a top five Mets failure. That's something. That's something to say. Uh, because that's that's in a laundry list of a lot of really catastrophic seasons. But you have to think about it and where the Mets are and what the expectations are. This is not a young, up-and-coming team. This is an old-ass team with a lot of free agents at the end of this year. They went all in, and they struck out big time. They got embarrassed at home in front of a, a, a stadium that couldn't sell out to its own fans. That's crazy. You have Mr. Met playing the trumpet when they're uh, down by four with two men on but before Edwin Diaz immediately not brings in two. That the, t- It was so embarrassing to the point where Buck Showalter had to make an excuse for why his team wasn't hitting to bring the entire uh, umpire staff into uh, onto uh, uh, the pitching mound to say, hey, couldn't be us. Couldn't be us the reason we can't be hitting. It is a gigantic failure. And, you know, I thought a lot about what we said in the last pod where you said it can't, you know, it's not that the Mets blew anything. It was that the Braves were on a monumental pace. I call bullshit on that because the Mets had had the ability to control their own destiny there. They had to win one game with their amazing pitching staff of Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom. They couldn't do it. Chris Bassett shit the bed. He was so embarrassing. He, before the series even started, he was complaining about how hard it is to pitch in New York. That ain't going to fly here. It's not going to fly here. When you, when you go in game three, and you, you, you don't do anything and you give up four runs in what five innings or, or whatever it was a complete and utter embarrassment and unequivocally a failure. Well, I have a lot of things to say. Go for first, it. First of all, 
my dude's ears were shiny as hell. You right. actually pointed it out. No, it was Drew. How, oh, it was Drew. However, embarrassing nonetheless. Embarrassing. 100% embarrassing. You hate to see it. As a Mets fan, we cringed. And then you said, maybe. Look at those shiny-ass ears, man. Hold on. There's a chance. But then people were going back in the tape and saying he never even went to his ears during, in between pitches, and he never wasn't even doing that. No, it's embarrassing. That stinks. That stinks bad. Uh, this team is old. That's 100% true. Oldest team in the league. Yeah, and all year long, when we're talking about the Yankees, when they were on their downswing, we're talking about the oldness of the Yankees. However, the Mets are also were just basically just as old. They were very similar in average age. The the counter to that would only be that Alvarez is waiting in the wings, Vientos is waiting in the wings, Beatty's waiting in the wings. They're toss ups. You never know what's going to happen with prospects, even if you feel really good about it. Whatever. I believe, though, with a franchise with the with the amount of disappointment that they've had over the last 15 years, right? To bring in a new coach, to put this this roster together, to only have Jacob DeGrom for 11 starts this year, to win 101 games is something to look at as a positive, right? 101 meaningless games. They might as well have won 83 games to be in the position that they were. They had a 13-game lead for where the second, so they still could have had it, and it amounted to nothing. You didn't even win the division. A while... Of course, it amounted to nothing, but every team outside of two are going to say we won nothing this year, right? One, two teams will say that's not true. You can there, the there's, there's six teams that can say they won the division. So if the Braves go ahead and lose now to to uh, who, who at they least have? they won the division, at least they won a World Series last year. Well, of course, they won a World Series last year. That's a bad example. The Dodgers losing this round to the Padres. They won that's a World a Series two years ago. <laughs> that's a failure this year, though. But but you're moving the goalpost, and I'm saying if if success is a ladder, right? If, if it's a ladder and every time you check something off, you move up the ladder, you know, getting to 100 wins is a checkpoint. Getting into the playoffs is a checkpoint. Oh, it doesn't work you like that fall in baseball. Off ladder and get nothing it, done. Pete, it doesn't work like that in baseball. Why this not? Because you're, this you're isn't, working with a franchise who's had three playoff appearances in the past 15 years. Three playoff appearances in the last 15 years. Because, Why is it because, that is because Steve Cohen set the expectations up for this fan base, that you're the new Yankees, you're the new Dodgers, whatever it is. You're going to pump money into this team to buy a championship. And on paper, he did exactly what you would want him to do. There's As a Yankee fan for a long time, I can tell you there's a lot of shittiness that comes with that mentality, like the Yankees tax. Now it's the, and I'm going to call it the Cohen tax because that's a different thing with the, with the luxury tax, but teams don't want to work with you. You have to pay more uh, to get whoever you want to get. That reared its ugly head of the trade deadline. Like this is, what happened there? So like this it, baseball isn't a ladder when you buy a, when you're trying to go all in for a season, because if you swing and miss, you're setting yourself up for failure next year. So you can't say that it's a ladder because next year you're not going to have DeGrom. Everyone knows it. it's the worst kept secret in baseball. Everyone knows that DeGrom is gone. You're not going to resign Bassett after the shit, you know, the, the, the shit that he pulled in the last couple of weeks of the season. Um, and then Marte is a free agent too, isn't he? Right? No, he's, I don't think he's a free agent, but I think no. he might have, uh, Nimmo, whatever. Nimmo is though. Nimmo is gone. Nimmo is gone too. I mean, he's, he's going to get a big contract somewhere else. Like you're going to have to start from scratch and like, okay, you say you have, you, you do have top prospects in baseball all, all over the place, but again, take it from a Yankee they're fan. A they're not a given. I'll, I'll admit, I admitted that already. They're not. No, a given. I, I agree. I agree. But like, take it from a Yankee fan. We had 15, like our last 15 top 100 prospects, four of them are good to great. Right. I mean, it, it is what it is. Like, it's just, it's such a, it's such a crap show. So 
Yeah, exactly. So like, it's not a ladder when you go all in. This isn't basketball where it's going to be nonlinear, where it's, you're going to have up years and down years because you're starting from the draft. Like it doesn't work like that. You you take a swing on big free agents, you better you better hit on them. And now like, you know, I I don't think you can you you can see that you need more than just Pete Alonso to be a home run hitter on that team. You need to yes. they need to get an Aaron Judge. I don't think Aaron Judge is going to go to the Mets. I think that would be a bad PR move for him to do that. Uh, and I, I think he's good at PR. And he can get the money wherever he wants to go. So, like, they need an Aaron Judge. They need someone who is going to hit dingers for them consistently and can hit for average. Because if you're just going to slap the ball around, we know that now you can't do that in the playoffs. This team is not built for playoff success. We thought it was because of DeGrom and Scherzer. Scherzer can't play in the uh, can't pitch in the playoffs anymore because he's 50 years old. It happened last year. happened this year. Well, willing to bet a lot of money that it's going to happen again next year. So, great you have him for $43 million, but, like, that's not going to get you anywhere, clearly. Yeah, and, and well, it would be disingenuous to me to say that the window is wide open. That would be disingenuous. I wouldn't come out here and say the Mets championship window is still clearly open. It's not. And I've talked about this in other sports. I've talked about it with the Yankees, how that window is never as open as you think it is. And you could argue that this is a wake-up call for Steve Cohen and for this Mets franchise. Oh, we thought we did all these things. Turns out we didn't do nearly enough. And there are people who have been disappointed with the trade deadline for the Mets. And I think this is a reason for that to be for that to never happen again, for that to be a key point moving forward to make the team better. Cause realistically, yeah, they made the DH spot a little bit better uh, at the trade deadline. Vogelbach was nice, nice little addition. He did well, uh, but nothing else really worked out. And rough was horrible. Naquin was, a, was a nobody after the first couple of weeks. And Vogelbach was, is, is a decent hitter. He's a decent yeah. He's hitter. decent, but that's the so, thing too. He's not even good. He's decent. Right. He's decent. And had a couple really good weeks for sure. Sure. Oh, this window is not open, wide open. It's not closed, however, either, because there is still Lindor, Marte, Alonzo. If they bring back Nimmo, they have McNeil. Um, they have to figure out what they're going to do with some of those returning guys. You know, uh, Taiwan Walker might be gone. That's fine. You'll live. Bassett might be gone. You you know, you, you probably can find another Bassett out there. You got to now see what they do. This might be a wake-up call for this franchise that what they did, that they thought, they thought was all this great stuff, wasn't nearly enough. And I can't sit here and say that winning a hundred games and finding some of this stuff out about who you really had in the clubhouse is some sort of huge negative. Yeah. It's incredibly disappointing and a failure for sure. But to say that it, it means nothing and this franchise doesn't have a, a, a reasonable lane to respond. Did more harm than good. Did more harm than good. How did it do more harm than good? Because you set, because you set this team up to think that it was something different. You came in to build a different culture. You thought that hundred wins was going to build a different culture, and it amounted to the same Mets narrative that happens year over year over year, which is they choked it away. To me, this is barely different than last year. Barely, they spent 158 days out of the 162 in first place. They were not good enough to win that division. Like that's, I, I hate this narrative that the Braves just like they were on a historic run, or they just they were no, on a historic run. They, but they started with one of the worst teams in the league, so like they had to be. They, you had a you had a big lead. I understand it was June first when they had that ten and a half game lead, but like Yankees lived off the lead that they made in, in, in April for the entire year, right? They had two really crappy months this year, but because like they were, they, when, when they had to put their foot on the gas, they won the games that they needed to win. And then won the division. Like, no, nobody, was on, nobody was on their ass in your division. Like, like the that's the, the Yankees had the best division in baseball. The AFC, the AFC, the, the AL East. They didn't have, was, they didn't have the number two. 
They didn't have the the they same. Were, they had, the, the the lead went down to like four games, like multiple times, and when the Yankees were losing like crazy, not because they, the Rays were on a one hundred and fourteen win pace for three months. Pete, the the Rays, the the, the entire division was over five hundred for the vast majority of the year. At the end of the year, the Red Sox went under. The, there was no had, dead weight. There was no dead weight in your division. We didn't have a Nationals in, in like it was the by far the toughest division in baseball, and the Yankees won it handily, and like. I just don't. I don't see how it's comparable. Like uh, the Mets, the Mets blew the division. Like they, you have Mets to concede. The, the Mets it wasn't. The, yes, it wasn't that they. It wasn't they that blew the, the division in the final two weeks of the yeah. season. They blew, and that's. I feel comfortable saying that they blew it in the in the sweep against the Cubs, where they lost three in a row. They blew it losing two out of three to the Pirates. They blew yep. it losing to the Braves head to head. But that yeah. doesn't even matter. It do, those games don't even matter because they you do matter. No, but, no, matter. no I, I understand what you're saying, but I'm they but literally was, matter. 100%. I know what you I know what you mean. But what I'm saying is all they had to do was win one game when it counted and three against the Braves. Every yeah. team gets loses to a shitty team here and there. Every team they gets get swept, swept here and there. Not by the eh, I, I'm I, I'm I the if Yankees they, did. If they don't get swept by the Cubs and they don't get swept by the Braves, they win the division. You know, I, I mean, th- but there's all this like that's that's a million, that's, right. You're right. That's million, baseball. That's baseball. What if when it came when it, they when, when it came to them actually having to put up or shut up in the two series that mattered this year, the only two series that mattered, which is that last Brave series and this Padre series, they embarrassed themselves in front of everyone in the nation watching baseball. I watched those games. I watched every second of all six of those games. They embarrassed themselves. So every team loses to the to, to a Pirates, to a, to a Cubs every year. It happens. Nobody's going to go 162-0. I'm not worried about that. But that specific series is the only series that mattered. And if they did that, they'd have home. They, they, they would have had home field advantage for throughout the playoffs for almost entirely, except for the Dodgers series. And they wouldn't have had to play the buzzsaw the entire uh, time. They, they would have had a week off to, to get healthy. They wouldn't have had to put Starling Marte out there hurt. Scherzer wouldn't have been hurt. If you believe that going into that first game. And also another thing too, as a complete aside, they tried to get so silly with with that rotation for this series they didn't take the padre seriously at all they put out scherzer when you should have put Degrom. you put Degrom in that game Degrom pitches like he did that's a different series because you set the momentum the, the way you need to and your back's not against the wall they're talking about oh we shouldn't play Degrom because you know we'll save him for for the next series what a what a load of malarkey they should they, they you put your best pitcher out there for the gate first game because you set the pace and if it's a three-game series, you have to win two games. You win one, you're halfway done instead of having to win two in a row. I can't argue with some of that. I can't argue with some of that. And as much as I want to be on here and just argue with you about some of the stuff, you're not wrong about a lot of it. You're not. And that's never why, wrong. That, well, that's not true. <laughs> I, I said it would be disingenuous for me to say that the window's not closed uh, or closing rapidly because it's closed a lot, right? If the window was, was cracked all the way open on a, a breezy day in the spring – now you just you pushed it down and it got a little crack open still. And that's why I'm saying, like, is Buck Walter still the ma- manager of this team? Yes. I don't know. I don't I don't know if you can keep it. He is. What are you gonna was... do? What are you gonna fire Buck Walter after one year? Hey, Steve Cohen wants to be George Steinbrenner. George Steinbrenner would have fired him after in? who's he bringing in? Know. Carlos mm-hmm. Belchon comes back. <laughs> his, his Take him up. out of the Yankee booth. <laughs> yeah, his stocking up, right? Like, like what are you gonna do? There's not like there's some glorious option out there. And Buck can I Showalter, ask you a question? Can manager I ask you a question? year for so many years throughout the season. 
Do you think? Do you think a better manager puts them, lets them win that series? I do. No, I, 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 I do. I do. I think. I think they got downtrodden. I've seen this with Boone. Like I'm. I'm not saying the Yankees are impervious to this, but like when you when 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 morale is down, like this is what I, as much as I hate him, Alex Cora is fantastic at. He gets those guys to believe they can come back from anywhere. Look at what the the Mariners did. Like no lead was insurmountable for them. Like that's that's what makes a good manager, and that's what makes a team that believes in themselves and is riding the high and everything like that. Versus a team that feels like, oh, we can just do whatever we want to do because we got the names. And that's what you bring Buck in for. Yeah, like the, I f- I feel like that's a little bit of just playing the results and what Andrew said in the, in the, in the chat is true. You know, as much as you want to get on Boone for that, like those hitters got a hit and those pitchers got a pitch. When you have Scherzer, Scherzer doesn't, it doesn't matter who his manager is, right? Like does Buck Showalter changing the outcome of Max Scherzer? No, no, but, but like I said before though, like you, well, you should have had, yes. had to grab in game one. Like that's a, that's a no brainer. That's a no brainer. The way they looked at it was DeGrom just had a blister. He came out early and now let's give him but one Scherzer more day. Had a no Scherzer, Scherzer is a one, two as well, a one as well, right? So that was a bad decision perhaps, yes, but it was a decision that didn't make no sense. Like, it's not like it was the completely most ridiculous decision, like the Chargers going for it on fourth and two on their own side of the field, like where everybody was like, what the hell are you doing, right? Like, that's not the same. So I, I don't think that that Buck lost the series. I think the players lost the series because they didn't hit and the pitchers got shelled, gave up home run after home run after home run to players who aren't very good, frankly, either. Grisham, Grisham batted baby. 160 on the year and had two home runs and multiple hits against this team. So, you know, is that Buck Walter's fault? I don't think so. I don't think there's another option out there that's better than Buck Walter right now because all year long, he was one of the best matters in the league. Oh, we love how he uses his gut and analytics and, and he combines this and that and the old school and the new school combined together. All these great things. I, to be I agree with Buck. you. I agree with what? you in a vacuum. But I agree with you in a vacuum. But like, this team has World Series expectations on it now. You yes. are now you like and if this was a one-off thing, I get it. Buck Showalter has repeatedly, every time he is ever in the playoffs, not just with the Mets, proven that he does not know how to manage in the playoffs. He is too gut or and, and not enough analytics when it comes to the playoffs. Uh, and I don't even know if it's like his gut is like I don't know. This everyone knows the Zach Britton situation. Right. There was a lot of Zach Britton situations going on in this series. Well, yes. And some of them were after it was already lost, frankly, you know? Sure. But, but like Scherzer should have gotten taken out in, in, in like the second inning. I forget the exact inning. The, that the inning weird thing game. about the Scherzer stuff was he was striking out like every hitter who wasn't hitting a home run. That was the weird thing about that game. Like he struck out Juan Soto, got, uh, got out Manny Machado and gives up a bomb to fucking Josh Bell. Like, yeah, but- you know, you, when you strike out Josh Soto, and then give up a home run. You're like, all right, that's a that's one bad pitch. We're gonna keep classic mid. Josh and he, Soda. And he strikes out somebody else and gives up another home run. Like it's it, in between those home runs, he was striking people out. It yeah, but, I, I, but okay, fine. You want you want to make that argument? I get it. You can make that argument. Yesterday with Bassett, I said in the second inning, you got to take him out. Yeah, Bassett There's, should have been pulled out quicker. He, I mean, he, he had already pitched everybody in the pen twice already. You know okay, what I mean? but like your season that's is on the line. Like yes. every other MLB team in the those, playoffs. Do we're, right like, yeah, ex- exactly. You got to be yeah. ready to get the hell out of there the second that there's any trouble. Look at the Yankees. 
Carrasco what, or Walker or something. Yeah, like. what was it, 2017 with, with the 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 uh, the wild card game? I guess it was the, the Indians or the Twins. I forget exactly who. When Severino gave up three runs in the first inning, they took him out and they won that game because you have to limit the damage. That's what your bullpen guys are in. And if you're good at managing, you know how to mix and match your bullpen. Yeah, so disappointing. Disappointing all around. Really, really shitty. And now this team hopefully has woken up and said, what we thought we did was enough. It wasn't. We need to do more. And there's probably a good chance that when next year rolls around and they sign who they sign and they don't sign who resign who they resign, they're going to still probably be looked at as a top five contender going into next year. Most but likely. It's not, it's not even a good free agency class. Like the no. best free agents are on the Yankees and the Mets right now. <laughs> like you yeah. can get Car- Carlos Correa maybe, but like where are you going to put him? You have, you have Lindor, so he's not going right. to the Mets. You're not, yeah. I, I really, I highly doubt. I, I, listen, I have my doubts about Judge. I, I still think he'll sign, but like, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes elsewhere. He's he'll not going go to the, the Mets. Giants. The Giants. Yeah. He'll not go to the Mets because he's, he, he's that a, would, a California kid. He'll, you know, make sense, whatever. He goes home. Mo, yeah. More importantly, he has an image and he can't turn heel. He has to be, he has to be a face, right? And if he goes to the Mets, he's turned and heel. So you can't do that. And you're going to lose all your guys. Like, it's on, like, you know, you're gone with most of your guys. And then the rest of your guys are like free agents the year after. So I don't know what they're going to do. Window is closing. The window is closing. It's not closed yet, but the window is closing. They need to figure something out. All right. We got to talk about the Yankees too here before we say goodbye. Got a hard out in about 15 minutes here. So let's go on to the Yankees. And that conversation sucks for me because, not the Yankees, (laughs) the Mets one. It just sucked because. Or defeated. I had the worst Sunday, by the way. You said it the best Sunday. I forgot the Giants even won by the time the Mets lost because I did so, <laughs> bad, so bad in my bets, one and four. So bad in fantasy, one and four. And I was just like, wow, the Giants won. That was today. I thought that was <laughs> two weeks ago. The way that Sunday felt for me it was eternity, eternity. The only saviors that I put five bucks on Mark Andrews to score the first touchdown Sunday night. It's the only positive for me on the entire day. Uh, but let's talk about the Yankees, Alec. They have the series starting up against the Guardians uh, on Tuesday. That's today when this podcast comes out. And they obviously are favored to win this series. They're playing better baseball than they have in some time. And you said it yourself. You are all in. You are fully back. You're ready to be hurt if it comes to that. And uh, I need to hear from you on your your vibes going into this playoffs with your lineup, rotation, the whole nine. All right, I'm having like a mirrored situation for where I was in the beginning of the season, where initially I'm like doom and gloom. And then I take a step back and I'm like, you know what? I think we're going to be pretty good. And I was right the first time. Where, well, I was right the second time when I changed my mind. I was like, I, let's see how the season goes. Drew never got there. It took him like eight months to do that. Uh, but uh, I feel that way right now. I was panicked and everything. And then I, I took a step back and I said, listen, the Guardians are by far the youngest team in the, in the league. I know that they just beat the Rays. The Rays put up what? one run in like 25 innings or something like that. Uh, and you could say, Oh, well, you know, how many runs did the, uh, the Indians give up? But like, it wasn't the pitching that doomed the Rays. The Rays got beat. And, and I firmly believe that if the Rays played the Yankees, they would beat them just because they have our number. So you have the ideal matchup that you want, right? Like it, 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 it there right there. And then you also have Bieber and McKenzie not going in game one and two, right? So you're matching up. You have the matchups in your favor where you're playing uh, Cal Quantrill uh, tomorrow against Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole has like a 1.5 ERA against the Indians this year. Cal Quantrill has like a three ERA. I did the math earlier today against the Yankees this year, right? That it was only one start. Cole had two, but Cole give up a, a home run, a solo home run or something like that. It'll set the uh, set the tone though when we beat them. I think it'll be like a three one game or something like that. 
There's nothing better than Yankee Stadium. When the Yankees have home field advantage, they win those series. I would be shocked if they lost this series. And then on top of that, we got my boy Aaron Judge, who is still on a contract year. People forget that he's still on a contract year. Still got to prove his worth in the playoffs because the team's going to look at that and say, oh, well, you didn't pull, you didn't do anything in the playoffs. He's talking about the ghosts. He's The last time we were uh, heard the ghosts was when Derek Jeter was playing with us. They don't talk about the ghosts anymore. Judge is feeling it. He's channeling the, the, the Yankees past, and we're going to have a good October. So I'm feeling good. You have a better rotation that you've had in, I don't know, my entire uh, life outside. Oh, well, everything past like 2001 or something like that. You have three people that could be aces on most teams uh, in, in Cole, uh, Nestor, and Severino. You, that's not something you could say typically. And yes, you don't have Chapman. I don't like, I'm thinking that's addition by subtraction right there. Good riddance. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. But like, obviously you lost Mar- uh, Marinaccio. You don't know what Holmes is going to be like, but you also have Domingo Herman coming out of the pen. You have Jamison Tyone coming out of the pen. Guys that are medium, uh, like a medium positive eff- uh, effective pitchers as starters become good uh, pitchers in the pen when you only have to rely on two pitches for an inning or two, and they can give you length if you need to. So I'm feeling good about this series. I, if, if, and when we get to the ALCS, that'll be a different story. I will be terrified no matter who we face, whether it's the Mariners or the Astros uh, for a bunch of different reasons, but I'm feeling good and I'm going to the game tomorrow. So I will have my good luck charm going to the game, screaming my, my lungs out uh, and being incredibly hungover on Wednesday morning. <laughs> and then going to, to, to get some more beverages on Wednesday morning, perhaps. Oh yeah. Big time. <laughs> and then, so it's exciting there and Yankee stadium should be rocking on Tuesday. It'll be an incredible atmosphere. And uh, Garrett Cole, obviously, you mentioned already some of the playoff struggles to this point, the home run tendencies to give those up. He still has been very, very good this year, and you got to trust him. This is a chance for him to earn some stripes, right? Always talk about oh, yeah. the Yankees earning some stripes. If Garrett Cole walks out and puts up seven, one run in, uh, seven innings, one run, man, God, that's all you ever needed from him, right? more so than ever right now. And, and then you get into the, the, the one-game lead, going into game two, still in Yankee stadium. And you're feeling really, really good. Um, how, how is the Giancarlo Stanton vibe check going here? He obviously had a really slow return off the injury, a couple moments here and there. He was the carrier in your last playoff run. Do you expect some Giancarlo Stanton magic as well? Uh, uh, listen, if there's one person I'm not worried about in the playoffs, it's playoff G. Okay. Stan always shows up in the playoffs for us. I don't care what he did. He's the type of guy throw out the rest of the regular season. He's good to go in the playoffs, right? Him. I'm not worried about. Who are you worried about? I mean, it depends on how, like we're bringing a bunch of guys back from injury. DJ. Cause DJ, I don't think is making the, the roster. I think I thought bringing, I saw he was going to make it. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it was officially released. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong on this one. But All I don't right, we'll think talk it was, else you're talking about. I'll look it up. I, I think Carpenter, like Carpenter, someone I worry about because like as good as he was, and he was very good, he hasn't played baseball in three months, right? Again, that's that's a guy you worry about. So if he's going to be in there, but you also don't want DJ if he's hurt. If there's someone who cannot play hurt, it's DJ LeMahieu. So um, he's 50-50, I, by the way. It's not not he, enough. Yeah. Yeah. So like him, he, he that that whole 
utility our super utility guy wherever whoever we decide on there is is what worries me but like i'm not worried about i'm happy that they have a youth injection when it comes to cabrera they need a guy you need a guy like that in the playoffs you need a young guy who has a little bit of dirt under his fingernails at this point like he's been in the, in the league for a couple of months like in the bigs um and has proven he's done well like i'm not worried I know a lot of people are upset that Peraza may or may not make the the, the, the lineup, but like he didn't get enough experience to to be a, an impactful guy, in my opinion. Cabrera is a guy who is has been nothing but money since he came up into uh, from 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 AAA. So have someone like that. Bader's been electric, awesome center field. If you're looking around the league this uh, the, for the wild card weekend, center field play was subpar and it caused a lot of teams to lose. Look at George Springer. Like I know that's a different situation, but like. If you have a good center fielder who can uh, can run that down, like you win that game. Um, and then you have Judge in right field. Trevino, I'm comfortable with, even though he's been struggling lately because it's your catcher and you know how I feel about catchers. Rizzo's great. Uh, Glaber has been hot as hell. You got to love Glaber. IKF is your weak spot. And I don't know what they're going to do at third, whether it's uh, um, Donaldson or uh, or Carpenter. I would obviously rather have Carpenter at that point than you have G at, at, at DH, so. So it looks like, yeah, you know, you have most of the guns. The DJ thing definitely stings because, you know, he has been so consistent in years past. And this year just wasn't one of those years where it was, where it was solid, where it was consistent. Uh, I mean, last year wasn't really his year either, but when he was healthy, he was raking though. Right. Like exactly. Like, you know what you get when he is healthy and having him on, uh, you know, on basically just smacked in the middle of the lineup as that solid player to put together good at bats and be there is really valuable. And my guess is likely maybe they'll put him on the roster and hope that he, if he's not okay by game one or two, that he will make an impact later in the series. So that's still up in the air. I did just check as of one hour ago, not, not confirmed yet. If he's there, there's a bunch of question marks as to what they'll do. That's why I think they're waiting this long to, to, to finalize it. Like you don't know if Ben attendees ready. He might make the roster. If he's, you know, if he's ready, you take him over Hicks, but like, you know, obviously, but uh, with, with Carpenter, you don't, have Carpenter on the roster if you have a healthy DJ LeMahieu. And if you have one, you're probably going to have Peraza as the backup. So right. a lot of question marks still. That week, I'm sure, did them well. They, if there's ever a team that needed it, it was the Yankees right now. But mm. um, they would, they'll would if they make it to the, the CS, they'd be significantly healthier, I would assume. Yeah, so Plus now you like lose Montas, too. Right. He's been good. but Yeah, he's been, he's been pretty bad. Uh, what about on the Guardians? You know, who in that lineup is just scaring you? Who do you not want who to see? Who do you think? Up? Well, obviously Jose Ramirez is the the stud on that roster. There, I, I mean, I mean, who am I worried about here? I'm worried about Ahmed Rosario. You know, like uh, <laughs> Andre Andre Jimenez. Like I, I I understand that Andre Jimenez had a great year, but like it's freaking Andre Jimenez. I watched him on the Mets. He's okay. Like you know, he's not that good. And as we all know, like the AL Central is a fraud uh, division, and I'm not concerned about anybody who comes out of there. Uh, so I don't know who worries me. The who worries me out of there is their pitching. Their pitching is awesome, right? Like they, they have Tristan McKenzie, they have Shane Bieber, they have Quantrill's not, he's no schlub. And then they have like Emmanuel Classe coming out of the bullpen. Like that, that's, that's good pitching, but their offense is garbage outside of Ramirez and you can pitch around one guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's true. You look at their roster throughout the season, Ramirez led the team with 29 home runs. We talked about the Mets not hitting home runs. I mean, 29 out of Ramirez, only one other guy with 20. I think they had the least home runs in the in the league and like yeah. one of the highest averages. 
only one other guy in, in the lineup with 20 and it's Josh Naylor, the uh, first baseman, a couple guys in the teens and that's it. Like they don't hit home runs really at all. So it's not really a bunch of guys who you're scared of to change the game with one swing of that bat. Uh, however, the Mets fans will tell you that you got to watch out for Trent Christian. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, I'm Jose Ramirez is someone that should scare you, right? Yeah, but he's that's, awesome. That's what we always talk about with the Yankees with protection, right? Like that you, <laughs> there's a reason Judge was, you know, when 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 Judge is killing it, everyone out in front of it and behind a Judge is killing it too, right? That's how it works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I mean, listen, they're favored for a reason. They should win this for a reason. That's but you got to play the games. You got to play the yep. games, and and the, the pitching is what scares you. When does Bieber get back into the rotation? Is it game two or three? You might be good would, by game three. It would, it, would be, it would be game two because they game have a, an, they have an off day tomorrow. They yeah, have an off day tomorrow. Right. I'll so, that. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you one thing that what scares me. Can, can I be honest with you? One thing that really terrifies me, the midges yeah. are back. The mid, Yes, I, something I've been meaning to bring up. The midges are back. And that if you don't know about the midges, type in Jabba Chamberlain bug on YouTube and you'll, you'll figure it out real quick. They actually made their first appearance on uh, on Sunday at the Browns game. They were out and about didn't make as big an impact on football. He's seemingly watching on TV. However, we know what could happen. If you never seen it, those bugs are not shy and they will be in your grill if they have to be. So, you know, the, the Cleveland pitchers might be a little bit more used to that. Or perhaps maybe they're, they're expecting it. Well, it uh, only happens like once every like seven years and it only happens for one week at a, and it's always the, it's always the week that the Yankees play the, the Indians. Apparently I thought I saw it every week, every week, of a one week every year they come out oh is and it every year well regardless it's, it's one week and it always wants not the playoffs every year <laughs> yeah that makes sense yeah <laughs> yeah they only make the playoffs every seven years after those couple <laughs> of years um so yeah what about nestor last thing because we got to go nestor obviously much talked about this year with the amazing amazing start never really fell off but did come to earth a little bit so now his first true postseason experience with him being leaned on what do you think about about that I think that the way that they did the rotation is perfect because you have Cole, who is a power pitcher. You have Nestor, who is a finesse pitcher. And then you have Sasebi, who is a power pitcher again. So I think that kind of change of speeds is going to really benefit them in the playoffs. Uh, I think Nestor's clearly game for it. He looked awesome in the All-Star game too, right? I mean, and we were able to listen to him and Trevino uh, when, they, when they were up there. I don't think he's worried about it. I think that he's a gamer. I think that all three of them are gamers. Sevy worries me a little bit just because he, he tends to give up the long ball here and there in the playoffs, but he's been money this year too. So I'm not, I'm not super worried about the rotation. Finester Cortez. Oh, it's great. How does, I'm sure somebody's thought of that, right? Must have. It can be us. Uh, Must so they, have. Yeah. The, that wasn't that good. Yeah, it wasn't. But the Yankees are minus 210 on the series, but maybe some of these might interest you, Alec. Here you go. Ready? Yankees to win in uh, six is plus 300. Yankees to win in five is plus, I'm sorry. Yeah, also plus 300. Yankees to win in a sweep plus 350. And for some reason, I am not seeing Yankees winning in seven as an option. It's because it's a five-game series, my friend. That'll do it. That would... <laughs> That would make it impossible. That would make uh, that would make that not a thing. Tell me you don't watch baseball without telling me you don't watch baseball. <laughs> I forgot that the DS is five and the and the CS goes to seven. I'm just, I'm just joshing. Uh, yeah, I, I think the Yankees in four. Yankees in four. Gentlemen so sweep. Gentlemen, gentlemen sweep. sweep. Plus three hundred. Maybe uh, that'll tickle some fancies can, out there. Can I can I give a real bet though? Like that I think is kind of a lock. I okay. Mean, I'm not, I never throw out betting advice, but okay. under tomorrow. 
Uh, and I also under. never bet the under. It's a, I think it's over under seven. I don't. Yeah. I think seven is a lot when it comes to a that the the Indians don't hit. I'm sorry, I keep calling them the Indians, the Guardians. Uh, and and I also think that like I don't know. It's just it's the playoffs. The first game of the playoffs. Yankees are coming off of a week uh, of, of no no play, and they really haven't played three or four games before that too. Once they clinch, so yeah. I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game. I do think they win, but I think it's going to be like two one or three three one or something like that. There you go. Under and Yankees in four. There you go. Alec Argento. That's all we got. Any last words, Alec Argento? Let's go, go Yanks. Let's go, Yanks. King of the Hill, top of the heap, A number one. Let's go, Knicks. Ooh, a little sneak preview next week. Next week, well, well, I realized, you knew already. I realized that the season starts next week, which means I have a whole lot of NBA preview content to get out there. I don't know when I'm going to do that, but I got to do that ASAP because it starts next week. Tuesday is opening night for the NBA. Wednesday, opening night for the Knicks. I won't, I won't make a whole diatribe about this, but Knicks preseason, Jalen Brunson, Derrick Rose healthy, team looks different, team looks solid, team looks fluid, all about it. There you go. You heard it here first, if you haven't heard it anywhere else. Alec Argento, thank you, my friend. Go Yankees. Peace. I also, I also hate you. All right, so much for <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, to, you know, check us out, podcast app. You know what it is, Apple, Spotify, rate, review. YouTube, subscribe, hit notifications bell, leave a comment, leave a review. We appreciate you as always for tuning in. We'll be back with football picks later in the week as well as football talk and basketball talk because the season starts in just one week. All right, everybody. Cheers. Peace.